Hi there, you're listening to the Crunchy Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Rosie, traditional Catholic wife and mother, bringing you messages of hope and encouragement during these crazy times that we're in. Here we'll talk about faith, motherhood, and natural living, but also all the areas in between. I want to help you not just survive motherhood, but thrive in it. In this day and age, we have so many resources at the tip of our fingers if only we put in the effort. I am a firm believer in personal development and always striving to put our best foot forward. Sometimes that means the more technical matters like baby wearing or sleep training, but it also refers to the most important matters such as prayer life and living out the truths of our Catholic faith. While all these resources are nice, I also know that it can be a bit overwhelming knowing where to even begin. That's why I'm here to help you find the balance between all the things that come with mom life while also living out your Catholic faith in a way that is pleasing to God and effective to the development of your soul and the souls of your children. After all, that's why we're here. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Hello, friends. Can you believe it is already the season of Lent? Oh my goodness. It's like January took a thousand years and then February just we're halfway through just like that. Uh, I don't know the last time that Ash Wednesday fell on Valentine's Day, but I sure have been appreciating all the funny, you know, Catholic humor and everything that I've been seeing online. I feel like there's a tasteful way to share some Catholic humor and I've seen some that are not offensive, but just, you know, honestly funny. Um, what was it? I think there was like a heart little candy, like the Valentine's candies, and it said, you are dust or something like that. And just a lot of different ones talking about, you know, Valentine's Day being on Ash Wednesday. I don't even know if it's ever happened in my life. I guess I could have looked it up. But anyhow, here we are talking a little bit about some things you can do for Lent. Uh, This episode will probably be released on Friday if all goes according to plan. So not quite getting in on the first day of Lent, but close enough. So some things I wanted to briefly cover before we get into the few things that I have that you can do to make a better Lent is just kind of reflecting on like past years in your life and what has made like the best Lents for you. For me, I look back and I recall, you know, being in high school and those were, you know, some good Lents. It's weird to say a good Lent, but by good, I mean like very uh, restorative for the soul, you know, like where you just feel like you came out of Lent just as a whole new person in a way with a like very deepened understanding and love and appreciation for our faith and Jesus' sacrifice and everything. But for me, I feel like I look into those early years out of high school when I really was able to, I would take work off of, you know, the end of Holy Week and I was able to attend almost all of the liturgies and it was just so, so good for my soul. If you've been to, you know, a traditional Latin church where the liturgies, I mean, they're just so, so rich. I don't even know what words best describe it, but our church, I've been very, very blessed with some wonderful years of, you know, of course, all the usual liturgies and then always on Good Friday, the very end of everything, uh, different groups, sometimes it's our singing nuns, usually it's like a small group of men. They do the chanting or the singing of the seven last words. So there's somebody leading the meditation of the seven last words and then the singing of the seven last words. And that is always just like bring you to your knees if you're not already on your knees. 
it is so, oh my goodness, there's no words that can describe it. So actually, a few years ago, my brother-in-law, incredibly talented man with regards to many things, but especially music, he actually wrote uh, the seven last words that they sang that year. So it was him and a, a select few others who have wonderful voices. And someone actually was recording it with their phone. And so, you know, it may not be the absolute best recording in the world, but I actually was able to get a hold of those recordings and I put them all together into just like a YouTube video that you can listen to. So I'm going to link that because I'm looking back and I'm thinking, you know, I usually don't listen to that until Good Friday, but I think I'm actually going to listen to that like much earlier this year, maybe even on Ash Wednesday or, you know, very early on to just really get into the spirit and then, you know, of course, hopefully be able to listen again on on Good Friday. So I'm going to share that link uh, to the YouTube video because I feel like it is just something everybody needs to hear. Definitely not something to like randomly listen to while cleaning the house or something like this is something that if you're able to like after your kids are asleep or something and you really just want to be in a meditative you know no one's around um that's when it would really really just you would get the most out of it anyhow moving into uh talking about looking back at what has made the most of your lens. And for me, I know that when I'm able to attend a lot of those things up at church, it has always been so, so good. But, you know, we're in a season of life, most of you listeners, just like me with little kiddos at home, where that isn't always doable. And while I do still live close to our church, thank you, God, um, even if I do go up to try to attend all the liturgies, there's no guarantee that I will actually be able to be in church actually attending them. Uh, my kids are usually pretty shy with all the many, many babysitting options provided. Our church has a lot of really fun, like, young kids programs for Holy Week because they want parents to be able to attend, but my kids get all weird and shy even though they're crazy social little butterflies when it comes to all their cousins. Anyhow, with there being no guarantee that I can attend those things, and for those many of you who don't even have that option at all, I want to put a focus on the things that we can do to make a better Lent. And a lot of it is really just getting back to the basics, like not necessarily, you know, what crazy elaborate intense sacrifices can I add, but really just focusing on, you know, what things should we be doing anyway as a family that maybe we're not doing very well, or what things should we be doing as a family that we aren't doing at all. And so that's what I am really going to look into, you know, especially as my oldest is hitting an age where she's really starting to understand a lot more of what I share about the faith. And even my second, I know that they're both getting to ages where this stuff is really going to start to stick. Um, so I'm no longer in the in the season of like, oh, it's just me. It's like, no, I need to pick something that's for all of us. Because even though my husband has gone a lot between work and he's currently going to school, he's a lot of days he's not even home until the kids are already sleeping. So I need to stop using that as an excuse to be like, well, we can't pray our whole family rosary anyway. So I might as well just pray it by myself after the kids go to sleep. Instead of having that mindset, I really, really 
I'm going to try for Lent, make it a Lent, you know, resolution so that hopefully I stick with it. I'm really going to try to pray it with my kids and they're only five, three, and one. So sometimes praying the rosary is like, what is even going on? Um, If my oldest is just in a rowdy mood, then it kind of sets the tone for everyone. And I'm just like basically praying by myself and it feels really pointless, but it's not pointless. It's still setting the example and we need to get them into the habit of it. And another little resource that I'm going to share is that I actually discovered uh, some like podcast episodes of the rosary audio. And I know there's a ton of rosary audios, like there's some on YouTube and stuff. I don't really like the one that has a visual because it starts to feel like they're watching a video while praying the rosary, which I'm not really trying to get into that. But there's some like podcast episode audios and there's even some This is the one that I'm going to link because there's so many out there, so you can look one up that you like. But the one that I'm going to link is the one that actually has the Rosary Novena prayers. Um, The Rosary Novena, I'm so sorry off the top of my head, I can't remember according to which saint, but it's a very popular Rosary Novena. I'm pretty much constantly praying a Rosary Novena because I think this Novena is so powerful. It's the one that has the 27 days of petition and the 27 days of Thanksgiving. So there's a podcast recording that has those Novena prayers. So anyhow, if I play the Rosary audio, my kids seem to just do that much better because If I have to stop for a brief second, you know, say I'm in the middle of a Hail Mary and I have to stop for a second to say, you know, so-and-so child, stop doing that, then it's not like all prayer just went silent because that is what happens because I am the only one praying. Whereas if this audio is going and I say, so-and-so child, stop doing that, then it's still going and I can pick right back up on the Hail Mary instead of being like, wait, where even was I? And that's when you start to feel like this is so pointless. So having that recording, and usually it's a guy's voice, so it's kind of like, hey kids, listen. (laughs) Um, It just seems to help a little bit. So that's kind of one of my uh, little tidbits of advice for that. My other little advice for trying to help with the family rosary, we haven't used these yet, but it's my goal to bring them out uh, tomorrow for Ash Wednesday. I'm recording this on Fat Tuesday, so it'll probably release on Friday. But speaking right now, tomorrow will be Ash Wednesday, and I have this lovely little printout that I discovered on Etsy. So it's like a rosary visual. See, I don't like the video visuals, but I think a paper visual is okay. Similar to giving kids little like prayer books to have in church. I think it's good to give them something to look at or to do uh, while praying the rosary, depending on how old they are. So I feel like even my five-year-old, I still feel like this is okay. And then definitely my three-year-old. So it's a little printout of the rosary. And then with each decade, there's a little printout of like the Annunciation and you Velcro it. So we have like a rosary binder little prayer book where the kids turn the page at the new uh, decade. But for one, they seem to always fight over who's going to do it, even though I'm like, hey, you know, you're just going to take turns back and forth. Um, And for two, it's like, you know, it's once a decade that they have something to do versus having like every single Hail Mary. So this little printout even though it doesn't technically have something to put on on every Hail Mary, I think I'm actually going to have them do that. So each Hail Mary is like a circle about the size of a dime, probably, maybe not even that big. So I'm going to find either like little stickers, not really stickers because it's laminated, so I don't want it to, you know, 
I want it to be reusable every time. Or even like we have these small little Jesus and Mary statues, or I have these tiny little miraculous medals. So I might have them like put the miraculous medal down on the Hail Mary that we're on. And then they can like scoot it to the next Hail Mary as we're going. And then on each decade, they have the title of the mystery um, that they can Velcro on there. So again, this is a cute little printout I discovered. I was thinking about making something like this. I was on the hunt for some like pictures that I liked for it. And then instead, I discovered that someone already had one exactly like what I was thinking of. And I thought, oh, well, that's even better. So anyhow, I reached out to her because I, I got so many of her downloads and she actually gave me a discount code to be able to share with my followers. So I am also, this is a lot of links below, but I guess you're just getting all kinds of resources. I am also going to link that cute little rosary printout. There's so many other printouts as well, like a 10 commandment one where you do the little Velcro dots to put the commandments together. Um, so her entire shop is on Etsy. And she gave me a discount code to share with you guys, which would be good for any of the downloads. So I'm going to include that as well. But that would be what we're going to try for the rosary is incorporating that and incorporating just being more consistent with it. And then another thing that I personally am going to try and that you can try is getting up earlier. So it's very, very difficult to set an alarm to wake up before your kids when you feel like you're hardly getting any sleep as it is. Um, my youngest is, uh, let's see, he's almost 18 months actually, but he still is very uh, not a fan of sleeping through the night. And then just with the time of year that it is, even my older two have been so often on sick and like these coughs that keep them up and all these different things. So it has honestly felt like a very long time since I had some solid sleep. So it can be really hard to wake up before the kids. I totally get that. But I also have firsthand experienced what a world of a difference it makes to wake up before them, even if it's only a little bit, like even if it's just a half hour, just being up before them and not having them be the one who came in and woke you up feels so much more like you're in control of the day. You get to wake up and, you know, start your coffee or your tea or whatever you wake up and have or, you know, your glass of water and your your eggs. I'm trying to be better about like eating protein right away, not snacking on like coffee and whatever little Belvita crackers to dip in the coffee as tasty as it may be. Really trying to get that protein right away. So waking up and just having your little pick me up, having your quiet time, saying some prayers, doing some spiritual reading, having all of that done you know, maybe a quick wiping down your face and brushing out your hair and just feeling like you got a second to yourself before they woke up and, you know, you were able to literally put God first, seek first the kingdom of God. If you were able to do all of that, it truly sets such a tone for how the day is going to go and just how your like mental state is going to be. So something that I've been trying to do uh, the scripture verse, seek first the kingdom of God, is Matthew 6.33. I've been trying to set my alarm for 6.33, which some of you, you might be like, whoa, that's not even that early. Like, my kids are long up before then. I'm very, very, very grateful that lately my kids have been up between like 7 and 7.30 um, there's definitely been seasons where it's been more like 5.30 or 6. Lately, they have not been going to bed very early at all. It's been like ridiculous. I'm like, what are you guys, little teenagers? So they go to bed really late. So I certainly don't have like those nighttime hours like I used to have. So instead, they're waking up later. 
And then instead of getting up before them, it's been, of course, very tempting to just sleep in because they're sleeping in. But instead, I'm trying to set my alarm for 6.33. That way, when it goes off, I'm literally thinking, seek first the kingdom of God, like wake up and go read my Bible or go read my spiritual reading. So I've struggled with it because it's so hard to wake up. Why is it so hard to wake up? It's because we're not sleeping. That's why. So how can you wake up when you're not sleeping? (laughs) So yes, I do not get very good sleep. I think a lot of us don't get very good sleep. But the way I view it is like, we're going to be tired anyway. So does an extra half hour really make too much of a difference? And you might think, yeah, actually it really does. Because I feel you, sometimes that last little bit just makes a world of a difference. But I am just going to trust that God is going to eventually in the day, give me the energy to make up for it. So that is one of my resolutions is to really try and get up before the kids and just set the day for success and not be like irritated that my kid is waking me up because that just isn't fun for anyone. Okay, so another thing that you could try is family night prayers if that's not something that you already do. We used to consistently do some very short night prayers before bed. So before putting the kids to bed, They would kneel down and we would go through like three Hail Marys, Angel of God, um, and then each of them would say like what they were grateful for that day. And again, it's just something that we kind of fell out of the habit of. So there's no reason not to re-implement that. Another thing you could try is a weekly holy hour. So I was kind of hearing from our church that some, you either could do it as a couple or just yourself, like a holy hour at home, you know, set up some blessed candles, pick out a couple of books you're going to read, maybe pray an extra rosary, or if you haven't prayed your rosary yet that day, that could be part of the holy hour. Lots of different things you could do. Um, And then lastly, kind of like on a less spiritual tone, thinking about doing like a household overhaul as far as, you know, just assessing your home like, okay, do we have, do we have too much clutter? Do we have any trouble areas that are like, I can't even look in that room. It stresses me out. And when I'm stressed, I'm not a good mom, not a good wife, not a good Catholic. Do we have things that are, you know, like preventing us from being on time to church because our house is just in such disorder, like all these things, looking at, you know, what things do we need to spruce up to just be more pleasing to God, which leads me to the next kind of bigger category here of embracing your vocation and just overall, like what is your life state and what can you be doing to be better at it? So again, instead of focusing on like what crazy intense sacrifices can you implement, instead of looking at all of that, look at like what could I be doing better as a wife, as a mother, as a Catholic, as a homemaker, you know, maybe you're homeschooling, like whatever season you're in, where are the areas that you're not doing great and what can you do to improve them? For me, I know that my time spent on my phone dramatically needs to be cut down. And I'm going to write out like what I think is a good plan for Lent. I'm not positive exactly what it's going to look like yet. It might be that I get like two 15-minute segments during the day and that's it. Or can't even go on at all until the kids are asleep. Or zero scrolling allowed whatsoever. I, I have decided that I'm not giving up social media since I have so many different business things going on right now. But the scrolling, the act of a scroll is like, why do I need to do that? I don't need that for any reason for business. So I can I can go in there and post my things or check my updates without having to scroll. 
it's such a, oh, it's such a time trap. So I think I'm literally just going to say no scrolling, like not even once. Um, and then, you know, the time limit that I'm going to choose. So looking at what things might be in the way of you being as good as you can at whatever your vocation is, which actually leads me to remember a workbook. I'm actually going to find it. So I have a little visual here to talk about right here. Not that you can see it, but last year I did give up social media for Lent. And after coming back on social media after Lent, I talked about this workbook that I created. It's called Renew. And basically the workbook is like a result of kind of the thinking and reflecting that I did during Lent last year. And I remember after Lent thinking to myself like, oh, it's too bad I couldn't have released this like for Lent. Obviously, that would have been ideal, but really that's just not how it played out because it was a result of what I did during Lent. So luckily this year I do have it available for Lent. Um, it's not so much think of it as like a Lent devotional or even a spiritual reading book by any means. It's not that at all. Um, I definitely want you to like research and pick a Lent devotional, a spiritual reading book or two or three or many, whatever it is you're going to do. But basically what this workbook is, is well, the front of it says renew workbook 10 days to redefine your priorities as a wife and mother. So there's a book called A Mother's Rule of Life, and it's actually by Holly Pirla, I think is how you say her last name. She's actually a Catholic mother, so she has this whole book. I've read it. I talk a lot about it in some of my different um, products that I have sold and whatnot. And she has a whole system for like implementing a what she calls a rule of life. Like it's a whole elaborate schedule for the home. And without going into all of that, because I'll actually talk about that uh, coming up in a couple of episodes, she has the five P's of priorities. Hopefully that doesn't sound too poppy on the microphone here. The five P's of priorities, um, which is prayer, prioritizing God, person, prioritizing yourself, partner, prioritizing your spouse, parent, prioritizing your children, and provider, prioritizing your home and or your work. So those five P's, prayer, person, partner, parent, provider, in that exact order, she talks about how, you know, a priest who she went to, I think is the one who like gave her those priorities as a reminder of what comes first and second and so on. And so in this workbook, I actually go through each of those priorities because I think that order is really good to reflect on and to like reassess everything in your life. I go through each of those categories so again, this workbook is only 10 days. I go through each of those categories and spend two days on each one. And the first day is assessing like any bad habits that you might have with regards to that category, like anything that is preventing you from excelling in that category. And then the next day is about like assessing what you can do to implement new good habits and basically like journaling affirmations to inspire yourself to maintain those habits. It's very like well put together to be able to really, really get yourself to think. There's some assessments that you do at the beginning of the book to kind of determine where you're at. So anyhow, when I did this last year, um, it was very successful. The women who first did it with me, we did kind of a, a group accountability chat and while I'm not going to be offering the group accountability chat again, like in that same way where I'm running it, I do still highly, highly recommend that you consider doing it within your own group of friends. So this workbook, 
I first sold it for $27 and that was when there was kind of like the group involvement and the video thing that I was running and that I was involved with. Now that it's just, here's your workbook, here you go. Um, this is just a $7 download. So I'm making that available. Again, that'll be another link in my show notes below. So this would be just such a great, great time to start off Lent with a way that is kind of reassessing where you're at so you can determine how to implement new habits that you can really like make a strong resolution to do these new habits, even if they're not spiritual per se, like even if it's more regards to your home or to your children or to your husband or to yourself, like self-care, really everything can be spiritual in a way because all of it has a spiritual significance, if you will. Like we should be doing our best for our spouse because it was a sacrament of marriage that we made these vows to them to, you know, to be there and do our best until death do us part. And our children, God gave us, I mean, really all of it does have such spiritual significance. So anyhow, that will be available down in the show notes. But as you go on through the workbook, it has all the assessments and the journaling. And then at the very end, there's a habit tracker. If you're listening to this and you already did this workbook last year, that is the only thing I changed is that the habit tracker was actually a little bit confusing for people because I had it like in the beginning of the book and you were supposed to add as you go and people were kind of confused because you were like adding habits and it just wasn't really like making sense. So anyhow, now it is something that you just do your habits after the fact. So you kind of do your 10 days and then based on like what you were able to find out and assess and be like, oh, here's what I should be doing. Here's what I should not be doing. Then you kind of make your habit tracker, which is then a 30-day habit tracker. There's actually two of them in there in case you want to just keep going after 30 days. So definitely a great thing to get you through Lent with like a focus of just doing your very best at your calling. Okay, and the very last thing I'm going to wrap up with, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, is something that... A lady from our church, actually from our Confraternity of Christian Mothers group, sent to us that this is from one of our, one of the priests in our um, congregation, not in our parish. But anyhow, he shared a sermon about Lent and she kind of pulled out a little excerpt of what he said. So I'm just going to read that right here. Very, very in line with everything I just talked about. So it says from him, the focus before Lent is normally, what can I give up? What can I do for penance? But I do not want you to spend such time on this. I want your focus to be, how can I make my sacrifice this Lent more perfect? How can I make it with charity, with an increase in charity? How can I do all my penances this Lent, no matter how few, no matter how light they may be? How can I do them out of true love for God? This is the most important thing you can do in preparation for Lent and throughout every day of Lent. Ask yourself, how can I love God more today in my prayers, in my penances, in all my thoughts, words, and deeds? Your aim this Lent is not to give up the most. It is not to be the toughest. It is not even to suffer the most. No, your aim is to love God more intensely every single day, and it is to help your neighbor do the same. For as St. Paul says, there abide faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. Well, there's really no other way I can end the episode any better than with that. So I hope you enjoyed that, my friends. And of course, reference the notes for anything that I mentioned in the episode. And I am wishing you a very, very prayerful, fulfilling, and wonderful Lent season. Until next time, God bless you.